we love firsts. As human beings, we love to know or try to be, know who did something first or try to be the first. I mean, we made landing on the moon a part of a cold war. Like, who is going to be the first to land on the moon, to walk on the moon? And we spent a lot of money to do that. I watched a documentary last year on the first person to run a sub four minute mile. People thought it was impossible. Roger Bannister eventually did it. I think it was in 1952. And then immediately people started doing it. But he was the first and people wanted to be the first. Every time I eat an oyster, I think, who is the first person to crack open an oyster and go, mmm. <laughs> like, who is the, somebody did it, right? Someone was the first. When I just, I just passed fall, I went to the Grand Canyon. And while there were many, uh, you know, Native Americans and Native tribes who had been living in the Grand Canyon area, I, I walked up to the edge before I went down into it. And, I, and the thing that came to my mind was, who was the first like, explorer, the first European explorer who just didn't know what he was going to experience and just walked up and saw it? It must have been amazing. You know, there was a first person to see the empty tomb. She has many titles. Mary Magdalene. But Magdalene is not our last name. Sometimes we call her Mary of Magdala because Magdala is where she's from. Sometimes she's just referred to as the one from whom Jesus had cast out seven demons. That's a sad title. <laughs> she was a real life person who followed Jesus, who learned from him, loved him, had to bury him, wept. She was real. But she also, in a certain way, represents someone as well. She's real. This, all these things we read about did happen. But God can use real people to represent others as well. And who does Mary Magdalene represent? You and me. She represents you and I because you are here like she was there at the tomb. She was a follower of Jesus and, and you are a follower of Jesus. You are a Christian. She also represents you and I because she was not perfect. I don't know what you have to do in order to be possessed by seven demons. But it doesn't matter because she was healed, delivered. And she was at the tomb. And I don't know what you have done in your life, but it doesn't matter. Because if you've been healed, forgiven, and you are here, you're in front of the empty tomb. Mary also has another title that I want to use as our challenge for this Easter. Let's let Mary Magdalene teach us something about what it means to be a Christian. She already did by being forgiven. But let's let her teach us a little bit further. The title in Latin is Apostola Apostolorum. Well, it's not about, you know, Italian food. Apostola Apostolorum means the apostle to the apostles. 
It's a reference to the gospel we just heard and the fact that Mary, either alone or with other women, some gospels say uh, different things, was the first to see the empty tomb. And as the apostles, the first bishops would be responsible for bringing the news of the empty tomb to the world. She was responsible for bringing the news to them. She was an apostle to the apostles. She ran to Peter and to John and said, hey, hey, the tomb is empty. And then they came. The first person to see it, recognize and then bring that news was Mary Magdalene. She is the apostle to the apostles. At this moment, I want you to contemplate this idea today. Right now, there are uh, almost 2.5 billion Christians in the world, and they've been billions and billions and billions of more who have gone before us in the past 2000 years. That day, there was one person who knew of the empty tomb. Now we have billions. That day, there was one. Everywhere around the world, Christians are going to church Boiling crawfish or whatever they do in other places that don't have crawfish, those sad places. (laughs) Looking for eggs, gathering as families. The entire year revolves around one feast for a good portion of the world. And that all goes back to one person standing in front of one grave. We're in Springfield, Louisiana in 2021. Doing this. Because one Jewish girl 2,000 years ago turned around and told the apostles. Further, I want you to contemplate, what if Mary had not responded? What if she had assumed that her witness didn't mean anything and she had rolled the tomb back? What if she had never showed up and the guards had recovered and closed up the tomb? Obviously, Jesus had resurrected and could have made his presence known uh, in other ways. But we can't underestimate the ability of the human being to reject what they're not ready to see and hear and experience. Mary was an important part of the first moments of the resurrection, the first moments of Christianity. The reality is that Mary was the apostle to the apostles. She started this entire domino effects with Effect, which is evangelization. And she gives us a challenge this Easter. She gives you and me this challenge to actually spread the gospel, to actually tell people the good news, to actually go away from here, from this empty tomb and bring people back. I don't know where we'll put them, but, you know, I mean, it's kind of packed in here, but bring people back. Come see the empty tomb. Come see the man who is love itself. Mary did not just sit down at the tomb and enjoy her own relationship with the Lord. She immediately spread it. And so we cannot just come here for ourselves to check check a box or just perform a duty. Now, there are some things that tend to get in the way of our evangelization attempts. The same things that could have gotten into Mary's way. And maybe you have felt these before. I know I have. I'm going to talk about three. One, not even showing up, right? That could get in the way, not showing up. We already contemplated that with Mary. She got up early, even in her sorrow. She had just seen one of her best friends uh, crucified, died, abused, spat on. She had helped bury him. 
Even in her sorrow, she showed up. Sometimes we don't want to get up. Sometimes we have every uh, temporal reason to not show up. Maybe we are sad. Maybe we have experienced pain. But she showed up and we need to as well. You can't give what you don't have. If we're going to bring people the gospel, we have to receive the gospel. Here you are. This is the most important uh, start. You know, I, I see a lot of really familiar faces. People will come every week, but maybe you're here and it's been a while. Maybe maybe you just showed up and it's Easter and praise God for that. Here you are. And this is the start. But maybe the Lord's calling you to not just come to the empty tomb once. But to come to the empty tomb and receive the sacraments in the Eucharist next week. And the week after, so that you can be an evangelizer and bring your family and friends to the tomb as well. We have to show up. Another obstacle to evangelization that even Mary might have experienced and you might experience is fear. We won't be received well. Like if we if we actually represent the gospel, if we talk to our family and our friends and our coworkers about Jesus, about Easter You could just start with saying happy Easter for the entire octave. You know, people started saying happy Easter on Good Friday. It wasn't Easter yet. And they'll probably stop tomorrow, even though it's still Easter, you know. But as Christians, as someone who showed up to the empty tomb, you can just say happy Easter in three days. And people are going to be like, what? That was like two days ago. What's going on? And then you can explain maybe, maybe if they ask. But sometimes we fear that we won't, won't be received. Mary had more reason to fear this than even us. It is true that Jesus' death and resurrection happened in a specific place and at a specific time with a certain cultural milieu, right? And it was a time and place where women's testimony and the testimony of children as well was not culturally accepted as valid. Yet she still ran to the apostles. I think it's really important. Jesus appeared to women first. One, because of their receptive heart, ready to receive the truth. But two, as proof of his resurrection, proof of the veracity, the truthfulness of the resurrection. If the apostles were going to make up the resurrection in their day and time, they would never place that resurrection, the truth of it, on the testimony of Mary Magdalene. They would say, oh, I saw him. But he appeared to the women first. She ran. She told. You too may feel the fear of rejection of not being received. Maybe for different reasons. But the news is too great to care about not being received well. It's too important. The last obstacle is feeling like you're unqualified. Who am I to share the gospel? Who am I to talk to somebody or or evangelize? But when Jesus gave his commission, he gave it to the apostles, but he gave it through the apostles to you. He said, go unto the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are on the front lines. I am not. Sometimes when people see me and they see my collar, they run away. They're like, oh, that priest is going to talk to us about Jesus. 
And they're like, whoo, or they change the subject or something. But you are like undercover Christians. You don't have collars. <laughs> you encounter people in everyday life. There's way more of you than there are of me and Father Jamin and Deacon Tim and Burr and other professional Catholics. You're on the front lines and we need you to evangelize. Even if you feel like you're unqualified, Mary and the apostles did not completely understand what was happening. She went to Peter and John and and she said, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. She wasn't quite sure of what was happening. She knew it was something great and intense. She didn't fully understand. Even when they ran back at the end of the gospel today, it said, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. They didn't fully understand and that's okay, but they did it together. They did it in community. When you go and talk to someone about the Lord or invite someone to church, you don't have to have all the answers. That's the point. You're saying, hey, let's go get the answers. Let's show up together. Let's figure this out together. We're going to go. We're going to receive the sacraments. We're going to go to our Bible studies that St. Margaret's presents. We're going to go to Margaret's men. Right? If you're a guy, show up to Margaret's men. I'll talk about it in the, uh, in the announcements later. Show up to the events the parish provides and invite people and say, we don't have to have all the answers. Mary did it. Peter did it. He was the first pope, didn't have all the answers, but we showed up together. It's a community. Mary ran to the apostles. She was the apostle to the apostles. She brought great news. I invite you to follow in her footsteps, to run with Mary out to the world, to the future apostles, to the future Christians, to the future Catholics. We had seven people brought into full communion last night with the church. How did they show up? Where are they from? How did they get here? They were invited by family, by friends. They were invited by you. We could have 30 people next year. It's up to you. I'll end with reading the collect of St. Mary Magdalene. This is the opening prayer for feast day. And we'll make it our prayer today on this Easter. O God, whose only begotten son entrusted Mary Magdalene before all others with announcing the great joy of the resurrection. Grant, we pray, that through her intercession and example, we may proclaim the living Christ and come to see him reigning in glory.